This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and we are truly going global today. I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome to our channels a new face who's come all the way from Ohio in the United States. This is Ivan Demosan, who is the CEO of Hamilton Barnes and I really hope you got your name right. You got it absolutely right. right Fantastic. Perfect. Thank you for joining us today. So you will be a new face and obviously a new brand to our audience. So would you like to give us an overview of who you are and what your business does? Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. So I live here in Cincinnati, Ohio. I've been in the recruitment space for going on 18 years, 17, 18 years. And I like to share my story uh, that I was born in Haiti. My parents came to to the United States when when I was still a baby. And uh, through some travels, I landed in recruitment, started off with career builder, then monster, and did a lot of great things for some Fortune 500 companies. Uh, And during that time, as you remember, we were just coming off Y2K and happened to, you know, as a salesperson, I happened to be at the right place at the right time. There were some HR leaders, talent acquisition leaders who were having trouble with their outlook if you can imagine (laughs) and I would barter with them I'd tell them hey if you let me come come help you with your outlook and give me a few few minutes of your time then we can help each other out so it really ended up uh, developing some strong relationships and through that time too they were also implementing applicant tracking systems and other technologies and integrating those technologies together and so I found myself uh, being you know, being asked by these, these relationships for help and diversity. And right around the same time, my, my boss at CareerBuilder noticed that I was really passionate about diversity. And so from there on, I had this specialty in diversity, not only helping my company, but helping my clients. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about what it's all about. All about. So uh, fast forward about uh, four or five years ago, my business partner and I decided that we wanted to go out on our own and do some great things. My business partner's name is Sean Hamilton. I'll give him a shout out. He is, uh, he is a, an Air Force veteran. So our company, uh, certified veteran owned uh, company as well through, um, through uh, uh, state agencies right. and uh, the, uh, the VA. And uh, we've been doing this full time for about three and a half years now. Wow. And it, let me tell you, it's been quite the ride. Quite, I'm sure. Yes, quite the ride. Who who would have anticipated what the last two, three years would have been like? It's, no, no. Almost like we, it's almost like we looked on the wall, put out the calendar and said to ourselves, hey, when would be the craziest, uh, most unpredictable time to start a business and let's do it then. Let's do it when Donald Trump is president and we're about to go through a global pandemic. Great. Global pandemic is it, yeah. And everything else in between, right? Social unrest, uh, all the good stuff. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, people like you um, and others, I can't tell you the opportunities to speak with people. I'm a people person. And I've had strangers walk up to me at restaurants and other places. and had conversations that I don't think I would have ever had. And uh, it's, it's been 
there have been some really good moments. Yeah, there. definitely. And, and you know, the, obviously we're, we're going to share some of your sort of best advice and observations and, you know, what you've done to transform, like you say, your own business, but also your clients as well. And it's all about sharing that information, isn't it? We don't want to keep it from each other. And, you know, as we record this now, we're coming to the end of February 2021. What's it like over there where you are in Ohio in terms of the pandemic? Are you in lockdown? How's, how's things there? Actually, in the past two or three weeks, our numbers have been dropping mm. uh, to the point where the governor about a week and a half, two weeks ago, lifted the curfew. Okay. So up up until about two weeks ago, we had a, a curfew of uh, 10 o'clock. Right. And that curfew's been lifted. Okay. Does it, but have things been open? Have you been able to go out and sort of do yes. something? Right, yeah. so it's not been quite as strict as over here where everything's been shut apart from Tesco and Walmart. Yeah. Well, everything was shut here at one point. Right, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think there's... Um, they're trying to look for that sweet spot. Mm. And it was kind of tough, but our governor, uh, his name is DeWine. He's a lifelong politician. And I think he's smart one day. Mm. Uh, he just said, hey, we're not going to change anything until you guys, until like the numbers go down. And he told, he told everybody exactly where the numbers needed to be. And so, yeah, yeah. It's not, I mean, not, none of us would want to be in that hot seat, would we? Because you're damned yeah. if you do, you're damned if you don't. I don't know if you have that expression over there. Well, look, I mean, you are an absolute stalwart in the diversity and inclusion space. And that's why I was so excited to bring you on the show, because one of the key things that I've observed in my new role as an ambassador for um, a new initiative called the Inclusion Crowd, which is all about educating the recruitment sector in the space of diversity, equality and inclusion, is that... It, it needs to move beyond the marketing rhetoric and actually become something that we actually incorporate every day into every decision that we make. So what, what for your, from your observations and your experience over or sort of the years that you've been an advocate for it, what is the importance of diversifying a workforce? Yeah, you know, it's some pretty simple things that we already know. And I can tell you growing up, I started observing these same things too. Right. When you did when you were in school and you did group work, the groups that were more diverse usually did the best. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it, uh, it, you know, it, I could always see I got to the point where if there was a group of four jocks or four cheerleaders or four people that looked the same five people, they weren't necessarily going to do as well as the group that had people from different walks of life, right? And that carried on through college, carried on through my professional career, and then connect, connected those experiences through, through talent acquisition and uh, recruitment, right? So uh, there's plenty of articles out there that have proven and shown that the companies that last the longest, that do the best, embrace diversity and diversity recruitment strategies are ingrained in their organization right and they have checks and balances to make sure that that never changes right yeah so uh the the proof is in the pudding right there's mm -hmm. more there yeah no definitely and i think the key thing is you know for leaders who are watching and listening you know look around you look around your peer group what are you doing to ensure that you're hiring and also supporting and, and promoting within a culture of inclusivity and i agree with you know that's a really simple 
um, illustration, actually, thinking about that, if you just have the same people from the same background, you're just going to get the same results every single time. It's so obvious, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I think that's where the challenge is. I don't mm. think, I don't think people wake up with the desire not to be inclusive. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think most, if not all business leaders realize that they need an organization with individuals that have deep, diverse skills yep. and experiences. And, you know, the, the easiest way to identify that is through visual diversity. But we're all striving for that deep diversity to yep. bring those skills into the organizations to, to make their organizations better, right? So mm. I think that's really, uh, I, I will give the, the recruitment world, the public, the business world, the credit there. I don't, I think they do wake up understanding that at, mm. at their core. Yeah, and, I think, and maybe, the, maybe the shift that was needed has actually come from what was obviously a, a really challenging time for humanity in, with COVID and the pandemic. But conversely, because we're now a very, I don't know what it's like in, in the States, but certainly over here and in Europe, it, you know, we're, we've become much more remote. So it almost takes out a geographical um, sort of discrimination, if you like. And maybe it's making people think more around skills as opposed to, oh, well, we need to tick that box. Because very often it has been a tick box exercise. And, and in terms of, I mean, one thing I want to sort of challenge on this is that you know, so many people recruit through portals or through, you know, technology channels, but ultimately we, we make decisions human on human, don't we? And that's, that should be the part of the journey that whether you're hiring talent internally or then promoting that to your clients, it's about what that human being brings in terms of diverse skills and mindset and attitude, right. life experience. Right. Yeah. So there's a saying here in the States too. I don't know if you have it there, but if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah. Right. And then, so you've got that check the box attitude. Yeah. And, you know, there's a community here. We know most of the companies, even though they, they don't have bad intentions, mm. they are not going to make real changes yeah. unless they are truly compelled to do so. Right. So what, so what that is that compels them, whether it's having a, um, someone close to them having an experience that impacts them or a lawsuit, right? That open their eyes. There's usually, or a new, or a law from the government that really, that makes them do it. Yeah. There's something that usually compels them. More often than not, they're not going to do it on their own. You, no. that, it's going to be the exception to the rule. Yeah. And I mean, I'm picking up on something you said before as well about, you know, social change. I mean, Black Lives Matter went global. You know, my daughter's got it painted on her window in her room, literally. Yeah. So that, you know, this and I think that's what I mean. There, there seems to be a cultural shift where, it, yes, we could, it, it's law. You know, you, we have we have equality laws over here. You know, you're not allowed to be ageist or sexist or discriminatory on any basis on religion or race or, or color. But actually, it, a lot of it does come down to, you know, if you know that your competitors have got a more diverse workforce, that means they've got better people working for them, then you're going to get left behind the curve. And ultimately, let's be crude, we're all here to make profit. And when it comes down to it, if it's going to affect your bottom line, then you, you're going to get behind the curve. You're going to be too late because talent will go elsewhere. Exactly. Exactly. 
And it's about time that happened, really. So in terms of, you know, recruiting talent is obviously that's our business. That's what you've done for, I think, almost as long as me. I've been doing it for about 75 years, I think. Yeah. 22 <laughs> years, to be precise. Um, it's the key to business growth. Of course it is. So for leaders that are listening, how can they ensure for themselves that they get it right? What, what would you say is best practice for you at Hamilton Barnes? What have you done yourselves to ensure that you hire the best talent in the market? We interrupt this podcast episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to tell you about our amazing sponsor. Hoxo Media are the world's leading content recruitment marketing agency, specifically for the recruitment industry. And they currently work with over 250 recruitment agencies, including key recruitment, and 3,000 recruitment consultants to help them build out LinkedIn brands that then allow them to open up more opportunities by following a proven methodology every single day. Now in 2021, the hugely successful Hoxo Academy of which I was part of is changing. And they've now launched an eight week personal brand launch program, which can now help you roll out this methodology across your business. The Hoxo Academy is aimed at helping traditional recruiters of which I am one, who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates equally. Now, very often traditional recruiters actually lack the knowledge of how to best use LinkedIn, other than maybe posting jobs you know, every few days, but then struggling with ideas and original content, and also just confidence in terms of what to produce and how to produce valuable content. Now we're living in a post COVID world, and we all know now that the world is truly digital. The modern recruiter needs to be equipped and have a unique and consistent LinkedIn presence that offers value to their community and drives opportunities inbound. The Hoxo Academy helps every recruiter in the recruitment agency that becomes part of the academy and helps every recruiter achieve this in just eight weeks, enrolling new cohorts of training at the start of each calendar month. So, this is an exclusive deal for you, our listener. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is so proud to be sponsored by Hoxo Academy that the deal is amazing. For the first 50 customers in 2021, they are offering you the chance to enrol unlimited users on this programme for 12 months at no extra cost. So whether you're listening to this and you've got a team of 15, or a team of 500 and you're looking to hire more during 2021, you can rest assured that they will all get this training that they then need to build out their brand that wins business on LinkedIn. So please click on the link attached to this episode or alternatively DM me to find out how your agency can join this incredible programme. And having been a cohort member myself and a graduate of the academy at the end of 2020, I'm really proud to advocate this phenomenal and really, I think, business critical academy for every recruiter who wants to get the best out of LinkedIn and ensure that they also become inbound. Thank you for listening to this message. Enjoy the rest of the episode and do get in touch for more details. So... I um, we've always embraced diversity, and not only is it looking for the right talent, looking for diverse talent, we try to make sure that we are diverse in our approach as well. Mm, okay. Right? Because you know, I 
I've mentioned this quite a bit here in the past year. Uh, I think automation is lending itself more to the lack of diversity uh, than to assist in diversity, right? Okay. So you've got companies fishing in the same ponds over and over, going to the same wells over and over. So yeah, it may be working in one aspect, but you continue to get the same types of people over and over again and you're not going to be able to change that unless you change the mechanism and processes that you're using right yep also i i you know there's there's a huge um uh known secret here in the states that we all know right but we don't really talk about it there are more opportunities here than there are are enough people to fill those roles, yep. mm-hmm. right? Yep. So if you're competing, you're not just competing with, with your competitor for, for the talent, you're mm-hmm. competing with everybody. Yeah. Right? And if we're not going to be, if you're not going to, to use different types of me- methods yeah. uh, to attract that talent. When I started in 2004, companies, Fortune 5 companies, Fortune 500 companies and large companies spared no expense for their people. They actually, uh, they, they absorbed replication. They went to every career site. They went to every workforce organization. They you tried to leverage every network to find the best talent. Yeah. Right? They don't do that anymore, right? There, there's, a, there's a laser type mentality in their recruiting where they think they can pinpoint or they're approaching it as uh, a pinpoint type of strategy to to attract talent so i think there's there's probably a a sweet spot there where we can meet in the middle from Mm. the old ways so to speak and old ways (laughs) 2004 to uh the automated ways now so it's like a collision of technology and human interaction, isn't it? And ultimately, that's what we're, we're here to influence as recruiters, but as, as leaders of hiring our own staff as well, our own teams, you, you, you make a decision. Yes, the technology can bring you the people. But like you say, you know, we've got no question here about, you know, who moved my cheese. If you just keep moving around and say, yes. <laughs> I don't know if you've read that book. It's a brilliant book. That, that is one of my favorite books. I refer to it all the time. I yeah. do all the time. In fact, so simple know, and so profound. I mean, it like, I mean, it hits the mark on almost every situation, right? When you, when you think about, you know, Literally. not only business, but society. Mindset. Yeah. You're worried about your, go get some cheese. <laughs> find your cheese, but who moved my cheese? Yes. Where are you going to put your cheese? I oh, know I do. Oh, come on. Let's just pause. I want to know what, what other, are you go-to books? Have you got any others that you like? Or you oh, got- gosh. You I've know- not prepared you for this, Ivan. Sorry. Well, I will share something with you. I've been reading a book recently um, and it's actually right here. Oh, is it yours? It is not mine. No, it's not. I was going to say, we've not, we've not got a plug. So, um, I, will, I, I will let you know when I write my own book. Okay, yeah, definitely. You got a lot of time. You got a lot of time before that happens, but <laughs> I've been reading Street Level Bureaucracy. Oh, okay. By Lipsky, Michael Lipsky. I don't know if you can see that. No, one. it's very bright, isn't it? Oh, there we go. Yeah, okay. Dilemmas of the individual in, yeah. what does it say? In public services. Wow. Mind-blowing. Okay. Mind blowing. Yeah. 
but um, I've gotten halfway through it and I'm kind of, I'm ready to get to the end. You like that already? Come on already. Yeah, yeah. So the, uh, the street level bureaucrat and bureaucracies, they're, they're talking more of, uh, of social types of services and agencies. Okay. But you can see, you can see the, uh, the potential in, in business as well. They're actually these same types of people in all levels, uh, almost everywhere. So that's what I've been reading recently that really captured I'm glad that's why we get on so well, because I've always got a book on the go. I've got, I'm, I always read fiction and nonfiction. So at the moment I'm, I'm reading Barack Obama, actually promise. Um, oh, nice. I mean, Michelle's obviously the goddess. Michelle Becoming is like a life-changing book. It's one of my key life-changing books. That and The Chimp Paradox. Yeah. That's a pretty good book as well. Have you read The Chimp Paradox? No. Oh, you would, you'll enjoy that. It's Dr. Steve Peters. So it's the concept that your brain is made up of chimp and computer. And you need the chimp because that's your flight or fight mode. That's the, what makes us human. But then your computer takes over where you go, right, I'm not going to react like that. I'm going to be sensible. And it's learning to understand how to read your, yourself. I love it. It's You're a relational and analytical, right? It's brilliant. It's a, it, I read it about seven years ago on holiday. And it is literally, it has changed my life, not just as a recruiter, as a business person, but also as a parent. Because it makes you stop and think, am I going to react like this or am I going to react like this? Life-changing book for anyone that's not read it. You ha- or just get it on Audible if you don't want to read a book. Yeah. The, the Chimp Paradox, Dr. Steve Peters. I mean, I'd he did- that now too. Yeah, it's a cool book. I'll send you, I'll send it you afterwards, don't oh, worry. Oh, well, okay, great, great. So that's, I would like to add a bit of value with that because I think books are, you know, you can get so much, inf- so much inspiration from books. And, you know, I think you are what you eat, aren't you? You, you are what you surround yourself with and, you know, I know we're talking about diversity and inclusion, but you're a very successful business person, and you're you're just an, I can see you you you're you're a natural people person. You're the sort of advocate that we love to be associated with. You know, you you are what you put out at the end of the day. So read and share. So to finish to finish this fantastically upbeat as I knew it would be interview. You know, you're you know you're you're sat in a in a great position. You know, you've got a, it sounds like you've got a beautiful business. You know, you're definitely transcending sort of old world and new world, which is brilliant. What are your sort of predictions for the future going forward? What are your advice? What's your advice in terms oh, of being able yeah. to thrive in a post-COVID world? Yes. So I don't think I'm as um, unusual as others when I say that I think when we as we start coming out of this, the economy, the global economy is going to boom, right? Mm. And uh, I'm glad to be in the human capital space because I really believe and feel like everything starts with human capital. And being a broker um, of, of human capital for organizations, you know, one person many times can make a huge impact if you've got that perfect person. Yeah. And it never gets old having somebody call you and thanking you no. or a company, letting you know how impactful the, the individual was or is. So those are great. So I see some great things there. And, um, you know, I, um, I think technology is going to continue to have a huge play in there. Um, and as far as diversity and recruitment, mm. uh, I I really think people are going to start opening their eyes to kind of like that movement between old and, and uh, new. Uh, we, we talked about the automation on the technical side, 
but there's also automation on the people side. You have your staff and recruiters doing a lot of the things they're programmed to do things a certain way, mm-hmm. right? I have, I have a client that they've hired more recruiters, but they're not doing anything different. You know, they're, they're doing, and they're trying to get them to, to discover new ways to attract talent, find talent, but they're still like in this group. So I think that whole mindset of automation, as well as the technology, we're going to get to a, a nice little sweet spot where yep. we can really leverage and, and uh, find individuals. And on the, uh, um, on the candidate side, uh, I think there's going to be, I, I think there's going to be a lot more attention to development mm. than before, right? I think as we talked about people that aspire to certain roles or have been identified as emerging leaders, I think we're going to find a lot more of those middle type employees yeah. that are working hard, that are lifting boxes, that that are doing kind of like the, the uh, frontline work they're going to start to realize that there can potentially be more. And so we're going to do a lot more to help develop them as well. Because as I said, there's not enough people to go around for all the jobs. So we. It's the same here, same here in the UK. So it's, it definitely ties in very well. Well, let's, uh, well, let's revisit. Let's get together again. Of course. Um, We'll do. We do. I mean, you've never been here and I've never been there. So we should try and meet in the middle. Yeah, um, New York City's New York City would be awesome. Oh, well, that's a day, Ivan. Oh, it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. It really has. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you.